Have you ever woken up and said, I want to think about inventory today? No? Yes? It's okay if you don't want to tell us. We're going to talk about inventory anyway. This week on the podcast, we're doing a shallow dive into inventory management. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Kelly, how can merchants leverage customer data to drive more revenue and increase retention? How can they create personalized experiences customers love? I recommend Octane AI, the leading buyer profile platform for Shopify and Shopify Plus merchants. How does it work? Octane AI features a shop quiz, Facebook Messenger and SMS, and opt-in tools. Using the shop quiz, merchants can get to know customers with interactive questions. From product recommenders to gift finders, you can learn about a customer's needs, preferences, pain points, and more. This information gets saved into buyer profiles, and you can sync your buyer profile data with your Facebook Messenger, SMS, email, and ad campaigns for personalized customer journeys. What kinds of returns can brands expect? Brands using the shop quiz have increased email signups by 16 times and driven a 28% increase in average order value. Facebook Messenger and SMS see 80 to 95% average open rates and drive up to a 20% increase in revenue. Better yet, Octane AI has plans for any size business and offers a 14-day free trial. Every plan gives you access to the shop quiz, Facebook Messenger, SMS, and opt-in tools. There are also plans available where Octane AI's experts will help you set up and optimize your tools for success. This sounds great. Where can merchants go to learn more? You can learn more, book a demo, or try it free at join.octaneai.com slash commerce tea. Again, that's join.octaneai.com slash commerce tea. Good morning, Rian. Good morning, Kelly. How's it going? Um, it's going pretty great. Uh, on this day that we are recording, I am officially two weeks post vaccine. Yeah. So you are. I am. My antibodies are all done doing their thing, and I can go back to licking doorknobs. <laughs> I would just look as a not medical professional. Uh, so take this with a grain of salt because I'm not qualified to talk about it, but I, I would <laughs> suggest not licking doorknobs as just a general life decision. But, but it's up to you. It's your prerogative. If you want to lick a doorknob and get salmonella, by all means. <laughs> I might consider your, your advice. We'll see. For now, yeah. I'm going to continue to stay inside and also wear a mask and also socially distance and, you know, all that good stuff. All of those. I have to say, though, good thing. I texted yeah. a friend uh, this past weekend asking if he had plans for this upcoming weekend and asked if he wanted to hang out. And I felt like I was doing something wrong. We're both fully vaccinated. Yeah. But it's just so weird inviting somebody into your home for the first time in over a year. Yeah. You're like, is this how it's supposed to be? Are you allowed in? I don't know. Are there rules? What are the rules? The rules, uh, it's very confusing. I was fortunate enough. I too am, am, am post my dual vaxes. I was able to see my parents, which was so, so cool. They've also been vaccinated. But I drove from their house to somewhere else. And so I've been socializing with them with no mask on. And I haven't done that. I've barely I've seen them twice in the last year, both times outside, both times, you know, 10 feet away masked. 
And then the next time I got out of the car, I just something in my brain was like, doo, doo, doo. I just got out of the car. No mat. Like I just, just left my mask in the car. I went, I got five steps out. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I had to run back to my car and got my mask. I just forgot. It was like that, that sense of, um, oh, I don't want to use the word normalcy. Oh my word. But that's, it's my body just clicked back into it so quickly. It was like, oh, this is how it is now. Okay. But. Anyways, it, it was, it's fun. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for everybody getting vaccinated. Canada, we see you're moving uh, into stage two, I believe it's called. We're sending y'all in the great white north our good vibes. And for those of you globally, as, as your countries navigate the vaccination rollout, we are thinking of you and... Uh, we hope you not, all get vaccinated soon. I hope you all get vaccinated soon. I hope you all get vaccinated soon. Okay. So, with that being said, speaking of inventory problems, is that a terrible joke? I shouldn't make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I just clicked. That's kind of funny. Um, uh, <laughs> also sad, also ter- terrible. Yeah, it, but... it's like, it's a, it, yeah, that's the kind of humor you're like, well, I mean, it's true. Uh, speaking of inventory that has been terribly managed. Yeah. Uh, we we all know a little too much about that. Yeah, I feel um, like uh, the, I, I feel like the typical person's understanding of supply chain and inventory management has skyrocketed in the you last know what? year. Where was all of this knowledge back during Shipageddon? I who's to say? Shipageddon was a lawless time. It was. It was but totally- it would have been really helpful for the merchants if uh, you know, everyone had a better understanding of how the supply chain works and how logistics works and how various scenarios can slow down deliveries. And then we would have fewer upset customers. Just and how an to idea. communicate and how to communicate during, during those time periods. So with no further ado, we present to you our content on <laughs> inventory management. <laughs> management. So we started this by saying we're doing a shallow dive into inventory management. And what be me- what we mean by that is that this is like maybe a kiddie pool. Um, maybe it's like four feet deep. You can't yeah. dive into it. Don't dive into it. We're going to scratch the surface on kind of frequently asked questions that come up uh, when I'm working with merchants. And give you some answers answers to those and potentially foreshadow some future episodes that we're going to do with actual inventory experts that are not us. This is exciting. Okay, so question number one. Kelly, should I track my inventory? Is the sky blue? Yes. Okay. Next, Next question. <laughs> glib about that but the reality is and I've worked in boutiques I get it you're like I have an inventory of five okay awesome you you sort of know that you have an inventory but what happens when somebody calls and they want this dress and you're like well I've got five of the dresses you're like okay well what size are they in what colorway are they in there's so many parts of that that yeah. can fall apart and can ruin the experience and and I mean that online as well. If you don't have a really good grasp of your inventory, what happens when you sell out of something, but don't know you're sold out? So now you've sold, I don't know, 10 units of said product. Now your customers are really upset. Yeah. 
That is a bad review waiting to be written. It is. Um, also, I can tell you a story about a somebody who ended up not being a client, so I don't mind telling this story. Um, they approached me about moving over to Shopify, that they were currently on some other platform. It doesn't matter what. Um, they had a brick and mortar location as well. And, you know, part of migrating a website is migrating all your product information over so people can purchase online. So I'm like, all right, do you have a spreadsheet or some kind of file that's exported that contains all your product information? And they're like, no. What? Do you, do you track and you have a brick and mortar location? Do you track your inventory at all? No, we, we don't. Let me tell you something. Me out. I feel stressed out right now. The time to start tracking inventory is now. The time to the the, the ideal time to start tracking inventory is when you start your business, as soon as you start selling. The second most ideal time to start tracking your inventory is literally immediately. Yes, because this company, after I basically explained, if you don't know what you're selling between your brick and mortar location and online, or even what you're like. You don't know what's in stock in the back room. Like you only know you see what you see on the on the um like in the retail section is what you have and maybe it's there and maybe it's not. You're gonna run into some really bad issues when it comes to trying to like forecast your inventory, have a call asking if something's available and you're not present in the store at the time. You just got a shipment in, you don't know what's actually in those boxes, like it's going to be an issue. So ideally you start tracking your inventory now. There's also another thing, by the way, all of those things sound like nightmare fuel. Uh, so let me add to that nightmare fuel. If you do not track your inventory and you have somebody who is maybe, I don't know, stealing from you, hmm. you're going to have no idea. I just think back to, I've I've worked retail jobs. We've talked about this, but we had to do you would have to do double inventory. So full inventory. So you're not just taking floor inventory. You're taking back inventory of everything. And you did floor inventory. I think it was once a week. And then you did you did full inventory, dual verification, full inventory once a month. And that's to make sure no one's stealing anything. And you know what? We found out someone was. Oh, and so that was kind of a big eye-opener for me because I, I knew I wasn't stealing anything. And part of me is like, this is so ridiculous that we're doing this. You know, I'm sure that occasionally someone's stealing something off the floor. And I don't mean internally. I just mean, you know, that you're going to have people stealing things. Like that's part of, that's part of retail. It sucks. You have to write it off. But no, I mean, there was somebody in-house stealing copious amounts and oh, we caught it no. they, they, and they didn't know that we were doing this dual this this dual off full inventory which by the way took eight hours every time we did it Woo. I found out I like to do inventory though it's kind of soothing huh. if it's organized in advance I remember my like the only the only idea of doing inventory, and I'm kind of finger quoting here, um, is my dad just spending literally all day just out of the house at work from like 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. just doing inventory of whatever plant he was working at. 
He just oh, retired yeah. at the end of this past year, so he is no longer having to deal with inventory in any form. Um, unless like he's about to run out of eggs and then he needs to buy more eggs. But you know. <laughs> it's it's more short-term inventory challenges now. <laughs> eggs, milk, butter. The usual. Yep. The usual. Well, congratulations, um, Mr. Kelly's dad. I didn't, I don't, I don't know your main name, I realized. <laughs> I've told um, you before, but it's okay. I know. I know. I was like, I know this and I can't remember it. But congratulations to Kelly's dad, who I'm sure is listening right now on your retirement. I am so happy for you. And I'm so glad the only inventory you need to keep are eggs. So kind of funny story <laughs> about my dad's name. So my maiden name is Ryder. And that's like R-Y-D-E-R. And my dad's name is Scott. Uh, if any of you are Mass Effect fans out there you might realize that you can play a character named Scott Ryder. <laughs> and so when Daniel started playing the game, he was like, oh, I'm going to be your dad. Oh, my gosh. Tell Daniel I'll give him my two cents. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's a joke that came from Twitter, but uh, that... Worth anyway. it. Anyway, it's totally worth it. It was worth the pay. It was worth the laugh I knew I was going to get. Okay, so... We answered the shit I track inventory in like five minutes, which was way longer than I think we were expecting to spend on it. So next question, Kelly, because I decided I'm asking questions today. Should you display your inventory levels? Maybe. Whoa. What do you mean? Um, so this kind of feeds into the next question. If you have like thousands in stock, there's no need to display that. It really depends on how quickly you run out of inventory. If you if this is like a hot commodity. Um, if so, let's say you're getting, you're doing like a flash sale and you're going to have 2,000 of them in stock. Uh, and it's flash sale, you expect them to all sell out very quickly. Go ahead and display the inventory because you're creating a sense of urgency. You know it's going to sell out. It means people are going to move quickly. If you have, you know, five, 6,000 of something in stock and it's going to stay in stock for, you know, into perpetuity until you, you know, restock again, you never actually run out. Not really necessary to display the inventory on there. Fair. Uh, there are certain products that I find are more useful when displaying inventory. For example, fabric. Selling fabric online, you want to know how much is in stock because you want to buy exactly how much you need usually, or maybe a little bit more than exactly what you need. Uh, you don't want to find out that there's not actually enough in stock, especially when you're like coordinating different kinds yeah. of fabric and stuff. Yeah. I was just thinking when you're saying fabric and then I was thinking yarn. Oh yeah. As if I can craft, which by the way, I cannot, but you know, if I would, it, let's just say I was able to knit I would need to know. Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, if I'm knitting a baby blanket um, and then this imaginary baby blanket was yellow and I needed six balls of yarn. I know that's not what they're called. Skew Skewers? They have a name. I don't know the name of them. Skeens? I'm just making things up. Yes. Ske Is it skein? Is yeah. that right? Oh, look at me with my crafty knowledge. Let's say I need six of these things to make said baby blanket. And then I try to order six and there's not enough. And now my baby blanket plans are ruined because oh, my no. expectations were not managed. 
apparently i'm just reading about yarn now um <laughs> skein is one of them but you can also have a ball of yarn or a hank of yarn oh well i love that there's options you know just in case you need your yarn to look a certain way i i also am no professional or amateur or anything at all knitter i'm so painfully not crafty like i am I have always been the mom where it's like, you know, the kids, half the kids show up and the, they've obviously had parental help, right? With their, their posters. Yep. Not my daughter. <laughs> she, I want to put glitter here. I'm like, sounds good. You know, I, I have no, I, I, I will, you know, I'll point out a misspelling, but I'm just, I'm just not that parent who can, who can put a craft together. It's just not for me. I also can't sew. I can pretend to sew. I, well, I can good. sew a button back on. Oh, something. okay. Fair enough. I can yeah. sew a button back on as well. The end. I miss like all like the lessons for like hemming something. I've never tried it. I'm sure I could figure it out. There are YouTube videos for everything, but I've never had to. Um, like basically all, like machine? the home X stuff. No. See, I do have a sewing machine. Well, you're Why? one step ahead of me. Why do I have it? Uh, I don't even know how it works. Because it's a domestic thing to have? I don't, I yeah. don't know. My mom gave it to me. And I oh, think it okay. Was, it was a subtle hint. And I just was like, thanks, mom. And then I've literally never used it. it. It Okay. In fairness, it was used when she got it. She didn't spend a bunch of money for me to not use something. But I don't even know how to thread the bobbin. Don't even know how. Anyways, next. Okay. So speaking of thread, yarn, fabric. Clothing that I love from different brands that are consistently low on inventory and consistently sell out even when I'm still in the car. What happens when you're low on inventory? How should you handle that? Uh, You should stress that you're low on inventory because it's really great to create a sense of urgency. However, be honest about it. Don't say you're almost out of stock if you're not actually almost out of stock. You know how many ads I see on Facebook? I feel like we just keep going into tangents all the time in this episode, but it's okay. They're sort of tangentially related. Uh, I see a lot of ads on Facebook that are like, we're shutting down our business. Everything's Oh my sale. gosh, yeah. yes. Why? And then you see it six months later that you're still shutting down your business. It's a, it's, like it, it, it's a whole marketing model and it's dumb. It's also, I believe you would call that a dark pattern. Oh, yes. Let me, yeah, no, it's stupid. Um, But yeah, (laughs) anyway, uh, when you're low on inventory, let your customers know you're low on inventory because if they want to buy it now or if they want to buy it, they better buy it now or else they might not be able to. Especially if these these things are like one of a kind or very few made or... Anything like that that just naturally does not have a high inventory level, show it off. Or is super hyped. Like, for instance, I don't know, Kelly, if you're familiar with the nap dress from Hill House. I am not, but I've been watching The Haunting of Hill House. and I I think they're not related. Don't think they're related. But um, I will say this. These dresses sell out like hotcakes. 
They sell out like hotcakes. And it's kind of like that Everlane moment that I've talked about before where I didn't put something in my cart and it said there was only three left. And I was like, oh, that can't possibly be true. And then I, and no, I did put it in my cart, but I did not check out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that can't possibly be true. That's some kind of scarcity tactic. No, it was legitimately sold out. I legitimately did not get the object. So Hill House has the nap dress and that dress sells out almost every time it hits, especially in different colorways. I see Luckily, that. Luckily, I only wear black, so I'm, I think it's not one of the, the colors that people love. I found a really cute one, but it's Are not in my size. The only one that's in my size is like a cream color, and I don't trust myself. Oh, let me tell you a pro tip. Uh, if you are ordering a nap dress, if you're listening, size down. Ugh. Seriously? Seriously, because I bought my size, and, and it's too big. Okay, then that definitely nothing's in my size. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe now, you, next now time. you know. Maybe maybe next time. Maybe next time. Okay. So so that then goes to the. They sell out all of the time. Yeah, there are lots of brands that sell out all of the t- time. Uh, oh my gosh, what's that pillow nugget? Yep. Famous um, nugget. Also, what is it called? Uh, from our place. The, oh, the, the pan. Every every yeah, that. Pan. The pan. I, I know it has another name, but the pan sells out. Yeah. All of the time. So what do you do when you sell out? And this is another time when I'm going to look to Everlane and say Everlane does a really killer job with this. And I, when that, when that sweater sold out that was in my cart that I wanted, it was like, you know, directs you back. It's like something sold out in your cart. And you're like, okay, my bad. I should have listened. Mm-hmm. And then it's sign up for... And like basically sign up to know when it's back in stock. And I did. And then I got the back in stock notification and I bought it. Ding, 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 ding. That's the correct answer. (laughs) So that's what I think you should do when you sell out. Kelly, what do you think? I think you should shut down your business, rebrand and start a new line of products. (laughs) That's so ridiculous. (laughs) No, the answer is if it is something that's going to be back in stock at some point, you as some kind of back in stock notification and let people sign up to receive a restock notification. These are pretty great for a few reasons. One, it gets customers back onto the store when there was something of interest to them, especially something specifically in their size. Two, you can market to them at this point because these, these restock notification forms give you the option to it gives the customer the option to opt into receiving marketing emails or SMS. Yeah. Yeah. What tool, what tools would you use here? So I'm a big fan of Clavio's back in stock functionality. Oh. Uh, also, what? I'm just teasing you. I knew the answer was gonna be Clavio. So I said no. Do you know what the second answer is? No, what's the second answer? It's an the app, app just called Back in Stock. Bingo! <laughs> I was asked this earlier. Someone's like, do you have a good, literally today, do you have a good Back in Stock app? And I said, I, I think there's one called Back in Stock. And the person's like, seriously? It was like, yeah, app developers just, we just really aren't great at names. So there are a lot of Back in Stock apps in the App Store. Um, I've used the Back in Stock app a lot. It always works. It works great. You can connect it to, you know, various email marketing providers that you're you're actively using in your store. Um, but if you're on Clavio, use Clavio's back in stock functionality. You get all those reports directly into your store, all the, you know, all the analytics for 
filtering, for segmentation, for all that good stuff. Um, and you can get, with a developer's help, you can get pretty uh, custom on how the back and stock trigger occurs on either of these apps. So uh, that way it doesn't look like just the typical, like, here's a little button on the side that has a back and stock button to answer in your information, or let me replace the button that says sold out, sign up for reorders. You can have it embedded directly into the form. Uh, you can have it styled to match your brand, use your brand's voice on it, all kinds of really great things. So highly recommend. Uh, this is a great thing to ask your developer to help you implement if you're not currently implementing it. I could not agree more. I have a side question, but I feel like this isn't the right episode, but I'm just going to throw it out there and just see what sticks. What do you think about taking a product that is out of stock and then turning it into a pre-order product for the next drop? Technically, you can. Um, there are some issues with pre-orders, just something that everyone should be mindful of. Um, you need to have very specific verbiage on your store that indicates when it's going to be shipping. Yeah. And keep C in customer mind Customer management here is. Exactly. Is and the other piece that is really important to know is if you're doing pre-orders and you just want to authorize the car, but you don't want to charge it, you have 14 days. That's it. If you're on Shopify payments. And then the authorization expires and you cannot charge their card. So just be mindful of how you approach pre-orders, but it's definitely an option. And I've seen stores do it before. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to interject that little, that little thing. Okay. So what happens if you sell the product out and you're never, ever, ever, ever getting back together? <laughs> ever. Thank you for the little Taylor plug there. I appreciate it. Yeah, by no, the no way, worries, no worries. by the time this episode releases, uh, Fearless Taylor's version will be released. And that's what I'm going to have on repeat. I can't wait. Anyway, uh, the answer. Well, first, first and foremost, don't remove that product from your store. No. Don't, hide, don't unpublish that product. Do not. You have <laughs> built up. Actually, Rian, explain why from an SEO perspective i feel like kelly we're just bullying people right now listening you're like don't do this i'm like yeah no hard pass here's why it's it's love it's tough love this is tough. like that you have spent all of this time and energy in getting a product that sells out awesome the likelihood of that product ranking is probably relatively high if a lot of your traffic comes from search even if it's even if it's paid, there you. This is gonna be a page on your website that has a lot of SEO energy. Do not turn it off. Redirect that energy to somewhere else. May I suggest the collection page from whence it came? That's my that's my preferred place to redirect to. Is put it. So if if it's a shirt and it's sold out, redirect it to your collection of shirts. The end. Can I suggest another option? Yes, of course. It's a bit no. of a fun one, and I'm going to get a little developery here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's, it's worth it. Um, okay. Okay. So let's say you sell one-of-a-kind dolls. You make them yourself, 
There's never going to be the same doll in stock ever again. And you don't want to just redirect back to the collections because maybe they, you know, you want to use this as an opportunity. Like, look, you missed this one, but here's why you should consider buying another doll instead of just pushing the right to the collections page. So what you can do is create a custom product template. And of course, this is going to be a developer thing to do where you can kind of change up how the how the page appears. Maybe you can, uh, you have certain styles of dolls that kind of, if you didn't get this one, doll, if you didn't get doll A, doll B is pretty similar and you'd probably like this one or C or D or E or whatever. And when a product goes out of stock, set a trigger with the API to change the template associated with the product. And then it's automatic. You don't have to do anything. Don't judge me. I'm not. I actually get this. SEO manager has a feature that you can, you can click. It's like one of the people it's really buried and we need to surface it better because people who use it are like, this is legit. Basically, if you click the button or the checkbox, it says when out of stock, redirect to, and then you can set the place to redirect to. I love that. Yeah. I don't know why we don't talk about it more as a feature because it's actually a pretty rad feature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to add a link to SEO manager in the show notes, even though everyone should be familiar with it about this. Time. I just <laughs> didn't, I wrote SEO and just like only capitalized the S. So it just became like SEO manager, but no. you know. There's no rules. There's no rules. What are rules? What are rules? Uh, wear a mask, actually. That's a rule. Hey, that's a good one. <laughs> Okay, so we've we've talked about what happens when you sell out, what happens if if that product is never going to be in stock again. And then we 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 loosely touched on back in stock notifications. But is there a, 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 and the method by which to deliver said back in stock notifications? Is there anything else you want to add around back in stock notifications? Yes. First off, don't use the default email that comes with a back-in-stock notification. I mean, this goes kind of like for all of your transactional emails as well. Make sure your brand voice show, you know, shines through on every email that you you send. But you can customize the ba- these back-in-stock notifications, especially if you're, you're sending it via a platform like Klaviyo. Because you can add, hey, this, this, uh, this necklace that you had uh, signed up for restock notifications is, a fa- is finally back in stock. I'm really excited for you. And you know what? This bracelet also pairs really well with it. Yes. Use it as an opportunity to cross-sell. Yes. I love that. Cross-sell, upsell, all the sells. All the sells. Increase that AOV, average Mm, order mm, value. mm, mm, mm. (laughs) Okay. So next question for you is this. Is Shopify's inventory system good enough or should I use an ERP? So first off, There are a number of people who are surprised to learn that Shopify has an inventory management system. Yes, I quite like it, actually. So if you did not know, Shopify does have an inventory management system built right in. So you're paying for Shopify, you're paying for an inventory management system as well, and you should use it. Now, should you use an ERP or an enterprise resource planner or planning tool? (laughs) Most people do not need, uh, do not need an ERP unless you're, you know, it's, it's, 
there's enterprise as a word in there, usually larger merchants are the ones who get the most benefit from using an ERP, um, which is just going to be like the source of truth for your products. And then that data gets synced into uh, update your inventory accounts on Shopify or any kind of various other channels you're selling. When something gets sold, the ERP again updates and then pushes out those updates across the other channels as well. You can also track uh, as you're getting new inventory in what is going to be coming next. I love that. I like using Shopify's native inventory system as much as possible only because, like you mentioned, the E in enterprise is enterprise. <laughs> and and, and I, I feel like oftentimes, sometimes it, often, oftentimes we get into this place as entrepreneurs where we start overthinking problems. And, and this is one of those things that can be overthought. And then Next thing you know, when Shopify's native inventory is good enough, now you're integrating this third-party ERP and adding a layer of complexity that maybe you don't need right now. So just, I would just caution everybody to really think about that part critically because there's that want to scale. I even do it, right? I'm like ready to scale all of the time, ready to go. But sometimes the enterprise solution is just not the right solution. And that's okay. Yeah. I think it's worth kind of touching on ERPs in a little bit more de detail. Um, I think in, so too. In the sense that this is a back office tool. So this is this, this system is meant to help with a number of things that need to be done in the back office. So one of the really popular uh, inventory planning uh, ERPs, whatever you want to call it, uh, solutions out there with Stitch Labs for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, Stitch Labs got acquired by uh, Stripe, or not Stripe, Square, one of the other <laughs> companies. Uh, Wrong and shape. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wrong shape. Um, and th they're basically shutting down the tool. So um, Bright Pearl is another really great option. Uh, Bright Pearl is a cloud ERP, which is nice. Um, NetSuite is another really popular one that everyone loves to complain about how terrible the uh, integration process is. It is a process. Uh, there, are, there are a number of inventory uh, management tools out there. Uh, Skubana and 7, I think, is another one. Anyway, if you want to look into an ERP, um, I personally recommend looking at BrightPearl. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll pause there. But most people just can get by using Shopify's inventory system. Unless like, especially if you're omni-channel, if you're, if you're other channels, which we're going to get into briefly, like literally next, um, <laughs> is okay. Let's just go ahead and jump into it because this is no point in me starting to talk about it. Managing omni-channel inventory. So if all of your channels are on Shopify, so you're using one of the other available channels within Shopify, your inventory is going to stay synced, which is really nice if you're using Shopify's inventory. Mm -hmm. If you're selling on other channels that are not connected to Shopify, this is when some kind of inventory management tool is going to be necessary for you to make sure your inventory stays synced. Yes. And this is actually, you want to talk point of sale because this is definitely your area of expertise. I, I, yeah, I, well, yeah, I loosely. Um, so I have a point of sale app, which is why it's my area of expertise. I, and I also have spent many an hour working in retail, like we have discussed. My favorite part about Shopify's, I remember actually, let's just, 
zoom out a second. I remember back in the olden days when I'd be pitching people on Shopify. And one of my main pieces in that pitch was, and this is pitching to brick and mortars, was you can, you can have your inventory everywhere synced in real time. And that to me was such a huge selling feature and to those merchants that they moved not only their e-commerce presence, or they might've been building an e-commerce presence to be frank back then, they also moved to a different point of sale. So I feel very strongly about the future of Shopify's point of sale. That's why we built an app on, an app for it. We wouldn't have built an app for it if we didn't think there was a strong future for, for point of sale. Obviously this last year, point of sale has looked dramatically different and it will continue to look different in the future, but it's still going to be real. And, and Kelly, this is this is a topic for another day. We need to talk about when retail comes, quote, comes back, what that is going to look like. Because I think we're about to see, and I'm not the only person who thinks this, a boom like we have never seen before. I agree. So, so this is a very long way to say, I really like Shopify's native tooling for inventory management. It also supports multiple locations. So if you have a brick and mortar and a web presence, you, you can manage your inventory just through Shopify. And that's what I would do. Cool. So here's a good question. And this question is really in the weeds. So let's say I have inventory. I know it's good. I'm a little seasonal though, right? Maybe I sell bathing suits or something. I'm trying to think of a seasonal object. Bathing suits feel seasonal. Sure. Except in California. <laughs> this is not a seasonal, seasonal product. But... How do I forecast my inventory needs? So it's worth noting, can you actually, can you define what inventory forecasting is? I can. So it's knowing how much inventory you are going to need in the future. So if my bikini sales in in January is still technically a resort. So if my bikini sees their sales in February, let's say February are 100 units. What can I forecast for spring break, for summer vacation, and those kind of, those type of seasons that follow around? And when I'm forecasting, that makes, that means that A, I'm not ordering too much inventory that I'm then going to have to mark down and sell. It also means I'm not going to order too little and just sell out of everything and make a bunch of customers upset. You can think of inventory forecasting as like an art, but it's really a science. Yes. It is analyzing historical data to determine what you need next. The cool thing is you don't need to do this yourself. There are are services and tools that do this for you. And when I said I am going to give a sneak peek into a future episode, um, we're going to have Jill from Inventory Planner on to talk all about uh, forecasting because This is not my area of expertise, but it is something that is really important for businesses to get right. Yeah, and it's so different depending on what you sell. It's it's such a, it depends answer. Because, you know, forecasting coffee inventory, for instance, is going to, which you consume 
pretty regularly throughout the year versus a seasonal item versus a limited item versus a et cetera, et cetera. It can get Bundles, really in the yeah. weeds. Oh my gosh. It can get super in the weeds, which is exactly why we're going to have Jill on. She's just a powerhouse uh, of of knowledge. I'm, I'm super pumped to have her on. You know how I started this with, have you ever woken up and said, I want to think about inventory today? That's she what does. Jill does. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> She is a wonderful person to know if you want to have a conversation about inventory. Also, Jill and I have shown up at multiple Shopify specific events together wearing the exact same thing. That's true. So I've been there while it's happened. It's great. It's always a fun time when it happens. So we're really it's a excited full vibe. to have her on. It's a full vibe. Yeah, I'm super pumped to have her on. She's she, she's good people for sure. So so Kelly, apparently we, we were a little bit worried. I got to be honest, everybody. We're like, oh, inventory. Can we talk about it for that long? Well, yeah, we're, we've been talking about it for 40 some minutes. So apparently we can talk about, and this is just the shallow dive. This is the shallow dive. Yep. So we're going to go a little bit deeper into inventory forecasting later. But for now, I think we should talk about shout outs. I think we should as well. And this company that I'm shouting out, I actually invested in last week. I was part of Crowdhouse, which is run by Chandra Washington on Clubhouse. And I was one of the judges. So it's like, you kind of get to be a baby shark. Baby and shark. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, exactly. Exactly. I was a baby shark dooting around. And <laughs> I was dooting around. And I was hearing, I got to hear two people pitch. Uh, one person I, I invested in, one person I passed on, the person I invested in is Benson Watch. And I love it. I Here's the deal. I only invest in CPG, so consumer packaged goods, if I think the product is rad. Like I have to believe in the founder, but I also have to believe in the product because otherwise you're writing, why are you writing a check? So, and the other thing that's really cool is he's actually raising his round on Republic, which is a crowd- raising platform, which means you can be a non-accredited investor to invest in his product. So that's really cool. If you ever want to check it out, Kelly, I know you've made some investments on Republic as well, but anyways, this is, it's just a really awesome uh, watch maker, uh, accessible price point, beautiful colors. uh, And I just, I just am stoked on it. I'm stoked on the product. So I, I would recommend everybody check it out. And they're, they're crushing it. They're truly crushing it. So Kelly, what about you? So my shout out is actually not a product that I buy. It is a product my husband's buy. husband buys. Um, Your husband, whoa. My husband's, just one. He's my favorite <laughs> husband too. Uh, <laughs> uh, the company's called Brickle. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't use it. Uh, but... The reason why I wanted to shout them out is because uh, Daniel was opening up his most recent shipment from them, uh, and they they sell like skincare, hair care, all kinds of fun beauty products. And he opens up this package, and he's like, "Huh, this is interesting." I'm like, "What's up?" And he pulls out this card that like this insert that came in the package, and Brickle is a men's product line, and in this package is a card with a picture of a woman on it. And it says, meet our new women's skincare line, Eight Saints. So people buying these products, they're likely not interested in this uh, this Eight Saints site because it's this one's geared towards women. But 
men tend to know at least one woman. And every everything's an opportunity to market their new product line to a new a new subset of customers. I thought that was the coolest thing that they included this uh, this little insert in there. And now it's just kind of sitting on my desk because I'm thinking about it a lot. Not that I need to buy any new skincare stuff, but uh, if anyone else is interesting, interested, it's 8saintsskincare.com. Perfect. I love that. I love that strategy. It's so smart. Agreed. All right. How about we wrap this inventory episode up? Sounds good. Wrap it up in a bow. Boop, boop. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> and thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We have a YouTube channel and we're starting to get comments on our videos, which is awesome. And it's also a reminder of how we still have not recorded videos yet. Um, I promise I'm going to wash my hair soon though. So we can coordinate on that one. Uh, <laughs> but you can watch our existing videos, which is our, our friendly Shopify store teardowns and some webinars that we did at youtube.com slash commerce tea. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review on Apple podcasts. Reviews make us really happy and we would like to see more reviews on there. You can subscribe Please. to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Tuesday, so grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.